A few other things that have always attracted me to the sport and kept me in this kind of ongoing state of awe aren't just the fights or the fighters themselves, but also their backstories. You know, what happened behind the scenes? There are some incredible stories of what some fighters have gone through outside the ring, what unreal challenges they overcame to stay in the game, and what sacrifices have made them truly legendary fighters. So I thought we would again depart from our typical interview format and talk about some of my personal favorite legendary moments in boxing history. These are some of the tales that have inspired me the most and I hope might motivate other fighters and fans out there watching and listening to defy the odds. If nothing else, it gives me an, an opportunity to share a bit of boxing's past that might give you a greater appreciation of what other fighters throughout history have endured, the sacrifices they've made, and how they have helped form the very fabric that makes up the fight game today. We're going to begin with a man who is the one and only fighter to hold three undisputed world titles simultaneously in three different weight divisions. That man was Henry Armstrong. Aside from his many accomplishments, there is one story that stands out to me. It, it, it's one that personifies, I guess if you wrap it all up in one word, determination. After winning the featherweight world title in October of 1937, uh, seven months later, Armstrong jumped up to welterweight. So he went from featherweight to welterweight. That was going from 126 to 147 pounds to steal Barney Ross's title. He then dropped back down less than three months after that to win the lightweight title, 135 pounds. Armstrong's bid for the title was held on August 17th of 1938 at the Madison Square Garden, where he faced Lou Ambers, who, although Armstrong was able to drop in both the fifth and sixth rounds, had cut Armstrong severely inside the mouth, and Homicide Hank was bleeding profusely. After the 10th round, in between rounds, referee uh, Billy Kavanaugh visited Armstrong in the corner and warned him that he was going to stop the fight. So Armstrong pleaded. He said, don't stop it. I'm winning this fight. And the referee replied, well, the ring is full of blood and it's your blood. So look, if you spit any more blood on the floor, I'm going to stop the fight. With that, Armstrong urged his cornerman to remove his mouthpiece so he could continue to fight on. And for the remaining rounds, he swallowed all of the blood that was flowing from the open cut. You know, it came at a price, but it paid off with a split decision win, and Henry Armstrong became the first and only prize fighter in the history of boxing to hold three divisional world titles at the same time. That, to me, demonstrates the epitome of doing whatever it takes. To close on an interesting side note, Armstrong, originally fighting under the name of Melody Jackson, only had three amateur fights before turning pro. He made $35 for his debut and was knocked out in three rounds. And that kind of gives you an idea of the heart and determination Armstrong had from the very beginning. And then he finished his career with an astounding record of 149 wins, 21 losses, and against only 10 defeats. The next story is about one of the greatest defensive and most intelligent fighters of all time, talking about Willie Pep. The story with him is in the midst of, the, of a snowstorm on a return flight from training camp in Miami, Florida, to his hometown in Hartford, Connecticut, featherweight world champion Willie Pep was in a plane crash. The down plane killed three passengers and injured 18 others. On January 10th, 1947, Willie Pep suffered a broken leg and two broken vertebrae in his back, and he was told he would never fight again. You know, Pep could have quit settled a $500,000 insurance claim for loss of livelihood, but instead, he decided to fight on. Five months later, Willie faced and defeated Victor Flores by a 10-round decision on June 17, 1947. You know, Pep went on to fight for another 19 more years, including four legendary bouts against Sandy Sadler. 
He would ultimately retire in 1966 with a 26-year career and an incredible record of 229 wins, 11 losses against only one draw. If he had quit when he was advised to or when it would have been easy to, he, we, and boxing fans worldwide would have missed out on 130 more of his amazing performances. That includes four classic featherweight world title fights against Sandy Sadler and three or four more other title fights. As a side note, for those of you who aren't familiar, you should look him up and watch some footage. Before Pernell Whitaker, before Roy Jones Jr., before Floyd Mayweather Jr., Willie Pep drew up the blueprint for elusiveness, agility, and gracefulness in the ring. Our last look back displays another slightly different type of courage, self-belief, and determination, and it was showcased when Danny Williams faced off against Mark Potter back in October of 2000. Most boxing fans would likely know Williams as being one of the few men to defeat Iron Mike Tyson in 2004. But it was in this fight with Potter that he pulled off what I would consider a more impressive and inspirational feat of sheer will. Their scheduled 12-round bout was held in Wembley Stadium for the British heavyweight title. It was for a vacant title. You know, neither fighter was undefeated, but they were both hungry and powerful heavyweights who that day laid everything on the line. The two fighters came out bombs away and banging from the opening bell. Both exchanged some good punches in the first round, and Williams was even dropped. Even though, even though it wasn't called a knockdown, it was. A punch was definitely landed. After that, Potter was dropped by a right hand, kind of glancing off his shoulder early in the second round. In general, the fight was a little sloppy, but entertaining, and there was plenty of action. And as it wore on, it got really interesting. Less than 10 seconds into the third round, the fighters exchanged blows and Williams landed a right hand and his shoulder popped out of the socket. It wasn't obvious at first, but something looked strange. He didn't complain, no foul was called, but Williams had to rely solely on his left hand while he kept his right hand low. No one at ringside seemed to notice right away. It seemed to take his opponent, Potter, even several exchanges to pick up on the change and then begin to mount an aggressive attack. However, Williams weathered the storm by holding, using his jab, and just buying time to get through the round and made it to the bell. Before the next round, the fourth, Williams' corner were able to pop his shoulder back into place and he continued on. From that point, Williams tried to make an impression, a statement that demonstrated that he was still game and dangerous. Even though he wasn't winning the exchanges, Williams seemed a little more cautious to confidently throw his right hand for fear of throwing his shoulder out again. Because of that, and a couple of unintentional or intentional low blows from Williams, the scorecards were definitely leaning in Potter's favor heading into the sixth round. And that's when it got even more bizarre. 30 seconds into the sixth round, while Williams was in the process of throwing a straight right, Potter hit him with a left in the shoulder and dislocated it again. This time it was obvious almost immediately, but Danny Williams fought on. He used the jab, he held, he ducked, he slipped, he rolled, and jabbed more than ever. He was hurt. His corner knew he was hurt. The entire audience knew he was hurt. The commentators even knew he was hurt. The worst thing is that his opponent knew he was hurt and tried to capitalize on it. But as the old saying goes, a hurt fighter is a dangerous fighter. And with 50 seconds left in the round, Williams landed the punch he was looking for or praying to find. It was a left uppercut planted perfectly on Potter's shin, which he immediately followed up with a stiff jab that sent Potter to the canvas. He got up to beat the count, 
but Williams attacked him with a series of jabs, hooks, uppercuts that kept him dazed and reeling. With only one good hand, but a reinvigorated glimmer of hope, Danny Williams managed to drop Potter two more times until the referee stopped the fight. I mean, it was unfreaking believable that a fighter could endure that amount of pain, be faced with a hurdle of that magnitude, and still just want to fight on, knowing he could find a way to win. Before the fight, Williams was the underdog. He had to pull himself off the canvas, endure some big punches while being one-handed and nearly defenseless. Plus, before the stoppage, he would be behind on all scorecards. In the end, and after enduring it all, he scored a TKO at 2 minutes and 41 seconds in the sixth round of a championship fight, and later went on to score his second upset over a faded but still famous Mike Tyson to again make his mark in boxing history. There are times that individuals are served up a certain set of circumstances that might be out of their control. Those are the moments when only your heart knows what it knows. Trust your gut. Follow your instincts, and against all odds, do that thing you know only you were meant to do. The world of boxing has a huge library of these stories, and we'll keep turning more pages and adding new chapters as long as you keep tuning in. You still are, and I appreciate that.